This is The Rest is PR with Lyle Fulton and Jackie Balls. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to The Rest is PR. My name, as it will always be, barring any incident at all, is Lyle Fulton. And I'm joined, as I'm sure I always will be, by the absolutely brilliant Jackie Balls. Now, Jackie, this episode that we're recording today is exciting for any number of reasons. Listeners, First things first, we want to thank you so much because this episode is the first that Jackie and I are recording since we hit the magic 5,000 streams. And we cannot thank you, the listeners, enough because it's you who's done that. We've joined a brilliant club, a very exciting club, and hopefully onwards and upwards from here on out. But 5,000 streams is quite extraordinary given the way we've decided to do this podcast, which is very organically in a very sort of relaxed way with guests sort of asking to come on and what have you. And so Jackie, I'm sure I speak for both of us when we say we're absolutely delighted with thrilled that we've hit that brilliant number. Is that right? Yes. I want some more though, please. We want more. Now we want more streams. Now we want more people. That's the theme of my day actually. So I've just stopped, I've just stopped my fast. So I just want more food, more food, more of everything, more streams. I'm ravenous. Exactly right. Yeah, more, <laughs> more, more, more food, more streams, more episodes, more guests. This is the plan for the next few weeks, months, years, even as I'm sure we hope. But also, listeners, it's very, very exciting. And viewers on our YouTube channel, it's very, very exciting because you'll notice eagle-eyed amongst you, eagle-eyed not listeners, because I'm not going to make that mistake again. Eagle-eyed viewers on our YouTube channel will notice that I have a new backdrop. No, my wife has not installed a new flowery greenery wall in my flat. <laughs> and no, we don't have brand new chairs and things. I am in the office today. I am here at Demozo HQ, sort of equal parts between sort of Hoxton and Old Street. Felt very trendy walking in. I'm thrilled to be here for the first time in however many years. <laughs> and it's all change here. It's brilliant. I'm loving being here. And as a result, we don't quite have the equipment just yet. So Jackie is literally about <laughs> 20 foot that way in the office. But in we another are room. in another room. But we are as close as we have ever been to recording a podcast in the same building, in the same room, in the same place. Right behind you is one of my creations. That chair right behind you is one of my upholstery chairs. No, the other side. This one here. So go. I can actually see it. Yeah. I can actually show our, our, our viewers on YouTube. You can actually show one of my go. creations. I'm going to show them one of the... This is extraordinary as well, by the way. This is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I'm... I was actually admiring it before you said that that was the case. Trust me. I'll probably... I found I... that in a skit. Well, there you go. I mean, extraordinary. It just goes to show upcycling, upholstery, the works. And I say what, in the interest of, uh, you know, without breaking tradition, first things first, Jackie, I'm going to ask you how you are, how you are this fine Thursday afternoon, how has your week been? Let's answer that first. And then I'm going to make you proud with a bit of a segue. But first things first, how are you doing this fine oh, Thursday afternoon? I'm always proud of your segues. <laughs> I'm great. I'm frazzled because we've got quite a few industry events coming, which always doubles my workload so i'm just uh, i what you're not saying lyle is how i've sort of squeezed you in <laughs> i have been squeezed in a bit i have been a bit squeezed in i have been a bit squeezed in but that's okay i mean because the thing is we we had a conversation before we went live listeners we have a, we had a conversation jackie and i and these things these things happen it's been a very very busy week it's going to be a hugely busy week next week for demozo as well because we've got pgc coming up which is very very exciting indeed without wishing to date the podcast too specifically as we don't like to do but jackie has fit me in because podcasts they're just they're just a highlight of the week aren't they they're just a highlight they're certainly a highlight of my week so there you go my segue was going to be this listeners behind me we have a piece of upholstery created by the brilliant Jackie Vores, my brilliant co-host Jackie Vores. You could argue 
that this piece of upholstery now on this chair, having been rescued from a skip and now turned into this beautiful piece of decoration here in the office, is an example of a physical piece of evergreen content, a physical piece of content <laughs> that will last, will stand the test of time. And that's exactly what we're going to be speaking about this week, listeners, on the podcast, because Jackie and I occurred to us that we'd never really spoken about this phenomenon that's becoming more and more prevalent, not just in the PR industry, but also in the marketing industry. You name an industry and it's prevalent everywhere you look, this idea of evergreen content. So my first question was going to be to you, Jackie. This is a huge question. Can you in your own words, define what we mean by evergreen content and, as, and also sort of explain why it's becoming more prevalent and has been becoming more prevalent over the last sort of year to 18 months? I wouldn't necessarily say that it's become more prevalent in the last year. I think it's always prevalent. So evergreen content, content that, like the tree, never sort of loses its leaves. It's consistent. It's not dateable. So I'll give you an example. Just in terms of your top tens, that's an evergreen piece of content that people will produce every year. There'll always be a top 10 things to do at Christmas or a top 10 birthday tips or whatever. There's lots of lots of different top tens. And it's a thing that we use a lot in the PR world to keep our clients' products and services in people's minds by coming up with this evergreen content because it sort of sits there on the internet even after you've released it or you've placed it somewhere it can sit there on the internet and it can be used whenever people need to dip into it so your perfect example of something that is evergreen but does actually change because obviously some things are seasonal and they do slightly change the perfect example is a dictionary you know that's that's pretty much evergreen you can go into a dictionary and you look up the words uh, you want to find out about and you'll get the results from that. So, for example, for some of your clients, you might want to develop a glossary of terms, which would be something that's evergreen and something that people might search on. And the reason we decided to do a podcast about this phenomenon, this thing, evergreen content, is because now, at this time of year, in January, this is the time when people's minds in, in the PR world start to think of what can we start to develop in our editorial calendars and our schedules coming forward that we can drop in some evergreen content. So right now we're getting lots and lots of calendars from various players in the market, various suppliers who come up with these lovely calendars showing us the days, the, the special days that come out, you know, take your dog to work day or be nice to your girlfriend day, or whatever day it is, because there are so many of them, they're so varied. So you start looking through those days. You obviously look at holidays and what happens around holiday periods, um, whether that be religious holidays, or whether that be just your traditional times of year. And then you start thinking in advance about what content in our industry or with our consumer base or whoever, whichever audience you're targeting what content would appeal to them all the time and possibly hung off one of those days. It's really interesting this. And I'm like, it's, it's fascinating to me how we've actually spoken to people on the podcast before, guests of ours who kind of work in marketing or run their own businesses, where evergreen content, and please, you kind of corrected me as well in the, in the sense that it's not just been prevalent over the last year to 18 months, it's basically been prevalent ever since it existed. But I can't remember exactly what episode it was, but we spoke to someone about the fact that they'd almost built a campaign around 
evergreen content as well because it was like it's always going to be there and it's always going to refresh and it's always search engine optimized mm. and it stays relevant for the consumer if you like all year round for however long it exists as a piece of content but then there are people who sort of build campaigns around right we're just going to dip back into this thing we've created and make a bit more of it and kind of refresh it in and of ourselves i mean how important a tool is it in the sense that obviously it's not just there all the time for pr executives like ourselves but also marketing executives and this that and the other but also the fact that you can kind of dip in and kind of elevate it at times as well and kind of really make a thing of it in these different seasons and make it kind of a seasonal event yeah it's, it, it is important but i i would argue that it's but it's not lazy pr i mean it's actually very good pr in some ways because it's a real you know if you've got something evergreen it's a marker there and if you've got your brand against it and everybody relies on that one piece of content then that's something that's really really cool but Sometimes it can become a bit hackneyed. Sometimes it can become the same thing year after year. And as consumers, we get a bit bored of it because we get to see that happened all over again. The same message happens again, a bit like listening to Richard Sunak this morning in a press briefing where he's just rolling out the same catchphrases. So people do get wise to it. That's the art to evergreen content. It's coming up with evergreen content that is not boring that is that brings value and that is easily aligned with your client's product or service or mission and vision and value sets so you know for example i'll give an example in september there's always back to school always that's a big thing is the back to school thing and in september you would expect certain supermarkets to be coming up with their school uniforms and coming up with different pieces of evergreen content around what to take to school what do you need to pack in your backpack which you can you can buy from Marks and Spencers or other big supermarkets are known but you know these events people hang some content on them and it's whether you're sort of creative and whether you get really I don't know just original with it rather than being hackneyed with it. It's really interesting as well, isn't it, from my perspective, that, like you say, like these pieces of content, this type of content has existed for a long time. I mean, again, to kind of slightly go further into the definition for those of our listeners and our viewers who, who aren't necessarily familiar, you know, I sort of evergreen content that I digest quite readily are sort of how-to tutorials and like top tips and things like that. So, for example, a piece of evergreen mm. content that someone I see, someone I follow, for example, on YouTube is someone who does golf tutorials because my wife is unbelievable at golf and I'm not unbelievable at golf. And in an attempt <laughs> to maintain a sense of pride by not asking her for tips, whilst also maintaining a sense of pride by getting better at golf, I will often go on YouTube and I'll sort of watch these tutorials and, and they can often be quite relaxing. And so we now also exist without wanting to get sort of too you know crude or anything like that. I don't think it's that crude anyway, but you know, ASMR as well. Sort of people watch <laughs> things on TikTok and Instagram that relax them before they go to sleep, which are sort of tutorials on how to do upholstery and do <laughs> DIY and stuff. You didn't expect me to go that way, did you? You did not expect me to go there. It's you taken a turn. <laughs> it's taken a turn. But it's it's things like that, right? It's like with social media now, this type of content is so, we've spoken before, I mean, one of your predictions for 2024 in our predictions episode was that actually we're going to experience a bit of a content, the word you used, I believe, was tsunami. We're going to experience a bit of a content tsunami. So I imagine you would agree and your advice would be to anyone who's looking to 
either create this content themselves or use it, use other people's content or whatever, you know, in their work within their business. Like you say, just, just to emphasize your previous point, it's just to sort of be innovative and inventive with it because there is just so much of it out there now. And it is, all of it is getting so much traction now. You can see a how-to video on TikTok, which is essentially how to make a vase in and of itself quite a complex thing, fine, like out of wood and things. But it's getting hundreds of thousands, if not millions of views. And it is in and of itself quite a basic piece of content. No disrespect to the people putting it out there. So it's a very competitive space, isn't it, at the moment? It's a very, very competitive space when it comes to making yourself known and, and getting things out there that are going to push you forward. Well, I think also, there's such a good point you raised there about the tsunami of content, because so many people are going to be relying on ChatGPT to start to literally help them write the top 10 of this or the how to do this and just urge a lot of caution actually because we've said it before AI chat GPT is only as good as the data it's built on it's only as good as the data it's predicated on and in the internet there is so much bad data there is so so much bad data I'll give you a great example this is not to do with every content but it's to do with content I um, have to do a dissertation for my last year of my upholstery course. And this course is, you know, it's a serious course. You know, you, you get certified to be a qualified upholsterer, be in charge of people's pre precious and prized possessions. And so, you know, we've got to know our, know our stuff. And my dissertation is all about 20th century design. So I popped onto ChatGPT. <laughs> so I thought, great, I've got this, I've, I've done all my layout. I've worked out how I'm going to present it. I know exactly which designers I want to focus on. I know exactly what things I want to focus on within those designers, you know, in terms of their influences or in terms of, you know, what materials they use. So I had the whole format all set up. And I thought, well, hey, first time ever, I'm going to be able to use ChatGPT to help launch through all this stuff and bring up this great content and rather than me write it, I can just edit it. Where would that be great? What a mistake that was. <laughs> it was a massive, massive mistake because of course it just came back with all this stuff and it looked great to start with. Mm. And I did it with a couple of designers, well-known designers as well, you know, like Terence Conran, for example, you know, people that everybody will have heard of, the Eames family, all of those very famous designers and I started going through and editing this stuff down and it was just wrong it was just it wasn't even near right it was no. just factually wrong in terms of influences in terms of dates in terms... so what it what basically the AI had done there is it just gone out into the internet searched around a load of things and just brought back the means you know the kind of the, the averages oh on average people say this or on but then it goes to the top rated places as well. And because this is quite an interesting and maybe specialist area that I was looking for so, for it to produce some returns on, it probably just went to some top rated sites in each, in each area. And that's when you realise there are human beings out there chucking stuff out onto the internet, which is not fact checked, which is not correct. Thank goodness I have a library of a million gazillion books on design and everything else yeah. but you know just checking against the stuff I just by the end of it I was just like that has taken me longer to check and correct than it's actually taken me to write it so bringing that experience back into our world of PR I know that there will be 
companies out there coming up to the fore with AI as their tech background, coming to people like me and saying, hey, would you like us to do all your evergreen content for you? We're using machine learning. We're using AI to produce this content. And you could buy it from us at a fraction of the cost that it would, it would, it would cost you to employ somebody to sit there and think about it and write it for you. That's the future. That's where things are going. And it's up to people like me and you to inform everybody listening that that's not necessarily the easiest way forward. And in fact, I'd hasten to say it's the wrong way forward right now. Now, I don't know how the technology is going to be in 10 years' time or 20 years' time, but right now, there's an awful lot of misinformation on the internet and therefore any AI, lazy AI searches you might do to create evergreen content may well not be returning what you want. And I think as well, I mean, it's a really, really brilliant point as ever that you make, which is that I think we, and as ever, this podcast is initially about evergreen content is becoming a bit more philosophical in its uh, construction and I've mentioned ASMR and there I go, I've done it again. Uh, but, you know, so, you know, hey, it's, it's a roller coaster, this podcast game. But I think you made an excellent point in, in the midst of my ridiculousness, which is that I think as a <laughs> as a species, right, we, the second week, it's like we get a new toy and then it's like we need to use it like straight away. And so we go, AI is this extraordinary thing, this extraordinary piece of technology. And now we have all these pieces of software, these extraordinary websites, this amazing technology. And we go, right, let's just use it, use it, use it. And there's an argument to which it might not even be ready yet. And that that's like kind of an, you know, not an argument you're necessarily making, but we're kind of going into this sort of thing where we're kind of reaching this kind of peak crossroads where so many people are using these AI technologies to create these pieces of evergreen content. And, and, and the AI itself might not yet be ready to be as nuanced as we need it to be and be as specific as we need it to be for what we need it for. And as a result, like you say, when it comes to your upholstery documentation, your upholstery literature, it goes then and sort of searches the farthest corners of the internet for these really, really niche pieces of upholstery information. It just starts to take longer. It starts to take like longer for ourselves. It starts to take, then it starts to take longer sort of further down the line in terms of the processes you need it for. It's a really extraordinary point you make. And I think when it comes to sort of yeah, content, and, yeah, go for it. yeah, sorry. And I've done it again. My, my news resolution was not to talk over you, Lila, and I've done it about three times. Uh, you, but you know, I love it. So why make it a resolution? You know, I love that. So why, <laughs> why, why do that? Anyway, keep going. <laughs> because we have guests coming on going, I know you're going to talk over me. And I'm like, ah, it's a nightmare. Anyway, <laughs> no, but there's another thing to think about as well, because content now is not just the written word. It's animation, it's visuals, it's videos, it's everything else. So the ones that are developing the content in a multimedia format are the ones that are going to be the winners. And this is something that I'm really trying to urge my clients to think about this year is that increasingly the carriers of our messages, the online sites, the broadcasters, the you know, the different shows are all going visual and words, you know, it's, it's, got, it's got to be a good combination. Just churning out a press release is not going to necessarily get us there anymore. We need much more video-based content. We, much, we need many more podcasts. We need to hit things on uh, all the different touch points. So that whenever you're developing the content now, it can't just be a list. It can't just be a top 10 list. The best piece of evergreen content that I've been working on recently, which I'm super proud of. And it's really run by this amazing lady called Emma Rad from Number 8 and another amazing lady called Liat Bearer from Odeo. 
is the Women Lifting Women podcast and video series. Now, this came about because we were in a team meeting for Rodeo and we were thinking about what can we do for International Women's Day? And I got a bit arsey and I said, I'm really sick of all these like trite things that people trot out once a year for Women's Day and think, yeah, tick that box, sit our diversity piece, let's toodle on and do something else. So, and I kind of went, I just, I'd rather you didn't do anything and do one of those tick box exercises because I just think they're just blobby. So they said, that's a very good point. Let's have a think about it. What would you suggest? So I said, what I'd really like is like a website where people can go and find information about where they can find mentors or different programs and that kind of thing. And I said, there's a lot of resources out there for women, but that people don't know about it. And I was like, yep, yep, we like that idea. And I said, I can develop the website. And they were like, no, 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 we're a technology company. We can do that. And I was like, okay, great. And what ended up happening was this amazing website that's built by ODO, and number eight, these two companies that have combined to do this. And the women behind, the, the leading women in those companies, Liat Berra and Emma Raz. And now this is a, a year-round programme, putting out podcasts of different women that are leading in, in our business. And also, just recently this year, we've announced a mentorship programme where those women who come on the podcast have actually taken it one step further and are actually mentoring individuals. And then from that, you, you will develop more content because the story of those individual mentorships sort of end up sort of being something that's really interesting that you can start telling people about and showing the validity of the program and how good it, you know, how good it's all been. So for me, that is a great example of some evergreen content that won't ever go out of fashion because a lot of the stuff you're talking about is challenges and how to overcome challenges whether that be something as small, but it's not that small, as time management, straight through to sort of dealing with feelings of guilt or the stress that you get at work or dealing with your biology. All of those things as a woman is never going to go away. It's a really AI is not going to help us yeah. do that. <laughs> Ultimately, AI kind of, and this is the thing, a really important thing to realise is we sort of start to bring this one to a close as well when it comes to evergreen content is as well. Like, you know, it seems like an obvious point. AI, as of yet, cannot like do everything as well and like i think we have said in previous episodes of the podcast like it's important to use it in the right ways and kind of you know nuance your approach to using ai if you're going to get it to sort of give you a bit of a framework of something great and then sort of fill in the blanks yourself but actually what better way to bring this episode of the podcast to an end than to emphasize as well that actually what we're doing here listeners jackie and myself in the form of the rest is pr and obviously we've got our spin-off podcast which is launching very very soon as well the rest is alcohol is in and of itself evergreen content and what's really interesting about how a podcast can be evergreen content is the dictionary definition one imagines and i've looked it up just before we went live today of evergreen content is content that sort of stays there present in a digital sense in and of itself so obviously my example of this beautiful piece of upholstery behind me much as it was great for the segue isn't necessarily a piece of evergreen content insofar as it'll, <laughs> it'll be evergreen in my heart but it may well one day no longer be a chair that's just the way things work in the in the physical world. But in the digital world, evergreen content exists there and continues to refresh and update itself to remain relevant to the consumer. Now, a podcast, this podcast won't change. This episode of the podcast won't change. It will remain online 
on all major streaming platforms whether i'm going to leave that there for you listeners and viewers but you know, <laughs> it will remain online forever but in its current guise like what we're talking about right now in this half an hour 35 minute episode will always be what this episode of the podcast is about but a podcast series and doing a podcast as a host as a creator of a podcast is a piece of evergreen content because it constantly refreshes itself depending on how regularly you release episodes and it remains relevant to the consumer who decides to listen to it because it updates along with its audience and actually we've kind of come full circle in this episode because we were congratulating ourselves and giving ourselves a bit of a pat on the back and also thanking you the listeners for our 5,000 streams we've only got to 5,000 streams because not only have you the listener supported us and listened to our podcast but you've kind of Force is the wrong word, but we've kind of adapted with you. We've adapted to what works, what doesn't work, what is relevant, what's up to date in the real world. And it's great that actually you were able to steer with those two. They sound like absolutely brilliant women, by the way. I'd love to have them on the podcast. But, you know, you were able to kind of steer this idea. Where it's like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. Let's do something that's really going to kind of make a difference and sort of plunge us into a constantly updating, constantly refreshing space, which is what the podcast space is, is what the audio content space is. And I suppose the multimedia side of evergreen content is going to become more and more of a thing, continue to become more and more of a thing as podcasts become more of a thing, as technology advances. I mean, would you sort of say that as of right now, the podcast in its entirety is like almost an example to be held up as the quintessential evergreen content or would you say there are others that are maybe sort of slightly tick more boxes or what would you say well you're talking about the delivery method which is pretty evergreen at the moment you know com coming across as an audio file that's a pretty evergreen delivery method whether our content is relevant in 20 years time some of it may well be and some of it may not you know in 20 years time if somebody listened back to this and we're talking about ai and they're like huh what are they talking about? I'll get my robot to deal with that. Yeah, AIs um, <laughs> will be listening to our podcast. AIs will be going, uh, are they talking about me? Like actual living, breathing, walking around. I mean, I don't want to scare people because that's clearly still something that scares people occasionally, which is strange. But yeah, no, you're correct in fairness to you. You are correct. Yeah, so, you know, it is it is the, the matter, the subject matter that, you know, you're looking at. But it's still something that will always come up because we are evergreen in our habits and our tastes and you know there's lots of things that we'll always need to know or want to be interested in and so it's kind of fitting your fitting your product or your service to a thing and just seeing if that one thing can stay on the internet forever as far as you can conceive of it and that could be as you quite rightly said well you know your kind of how to and uh, your lists of checklists of things to do. But, you know, you look at things like Shakespeare and, you know, you're the actor, you know, you're, you're putting on plays still now, something that was created, what, four, five hundred years ago? That's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're approaching, we're approaching 400. Yeah, we've had the 400th anniversary, haven't we, of, of the last ever one, I believe, and of his, of his passing. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it will still be being performed 500 years on from his passing, one imagines. Here's a final question for you, right? Yeah. The metaverse, right? The metaverse as yeah. we know, and right, okay, here we go. Just to finish this one off as well, right? Now, the metaverse, as we've discussed with some absolutely brilliant, brilliant guests, Kelly and Patty, et cetera, right? The metaverse is an extraordinary leviathan of a thing. Is the metaverse 
a massive piece of evergreen content or is the metaverse <laughs> a landscape through which evergreen content can be displayed and constructed that's it or is it a bit of both uh no the metaverse is like a shell to that you know it's it's, a, it's again the channel and it's a persistent and continuous space where people can interact and transact on that's why it's often referred to as virtual worlds and stuff like that but yes it will be a showcase for things that are forever so you you're already seeing it you're already seeing museums go into the metaverse right now showing virtual representations and they call that digital twinning of their museums and their artifacts and stuff like that so yes it will be a, a place where evergreen content can be created experienced and you might even find in a few hundred years time metaverse archaeologists don't can you imagine <laughs> right can I, i've just got this image in my head now you know what? i've just sparked up here tony robinson and the team from time team exploring <laughs> the metaverse with their digital indiana avatars jones. indiana jones someone creates an indiana <laughs> jones avatar and they just sort of explore the metaverse mining but i mean we, we joke but it's like genuinely a thing i mean it's like already so developed to the point of being something that you can mine for historic information and sort of go looking for these yeah. things and and Kelly spoke to us about this in, in previous episodes. Well, of the you podcast. just think about it. Any big repository of it, I've done it again. I'm so sorry. I've got to stop doing this. Any big repository of information, like a library, has their librarian. Has That's a custodian kind of thing. But you have researchers that go into different libraries across the world. So, you know, what, obviously any place that, that has hold of multiple objects and content and is going to need to be mined is going to need to be um, having the custodians yeah it's fascinating the way things are going you should never apologize for talking over me when it comes to the fact that i'm basically being given a lesson in evergreen content today because i oh, really sure. i don't know no, but i don't know as much about it as a i should and b you do by by any read metacrunch Read MetaCrunch. And Read by the Meta way, Crunch. that is metacrun.ch. Metacrun.ch. Yeah. That's very crucial. <laughs> metacrun.ch. Read MetaCrunch, listeners. Listener, thank you so much for joining us on the most recent episode of The Rest is PR. It's been absolutely fabulous to have you with us once again. And a bit of a milestone as well, because A, first since 5,000 streams. And like we said, B, first time with Jackie and I both being in the office. It's going to be really interesting to see how it sounds, how it looks as well. I mean, it's clearly very, very interesting that we're both kind of in the same aesthetic when it comes to the office. But thank you so, so much, listeners, for joining us. A few quick T's and C's, because they don't change. Where Jackie and I may well record these podcasts does change, but the T's and C's are, in and of themselves, evergreen. The T's and C's are thus, listeners. <laughs> if you would like to get in touch with us, you can do so by emailing us, info at demoza.com and info at therestispr.com. We will respond to both of those email addresses. Visit both of those websites as well. Please do. Demozo.com for all things Demozo. They've been up to some brilliant, brilliant work. Obviously, not least, the podcast going out and hitting 5,000 streams, but 2024 has already got off to a fantastic start, so do head over to Demozo for all things that news head over to the rest is pr.com as well for all things the podcast you can also follow us on x at the rest is pr capital t capital r capital i capital pr and you can also get in touch with jackie or myself via linkedin jackie bores lyle fulton it'll be a pleasure to get messages from you there as well jackie same time next week what do you reckon yeah let's not try and squeeze it so much let's try to be a let's little not bit more 
Let's not squeeze it in, A. And B, sadly, I probably won't be surrounded by beautiful upholstered furniture. I'll probably be back in my you know, bog standard flat with the bog standard furnishings we were given when we moved in. Sorry, Sunny, you're a fantastic landlord. I love you very much. Anyway, thank you, listeners, for joining us on this most recent episode of The Rest is PR. Have a fantastic rest of your week, wherever you're listening. But in the meantime, from Jackie and myself, take care of yourselves. It's bye for now. <laughs>